0: Welcome to the Kingdom Revival Culture Podcast, keeping you in touch with Faith Mountain Fellowship Church in Red River, New Mexico. You know, the love that Jesus Christ calls His body to is an amazing, everlasting, unconditional love. And this podcast is just one of the ways that you and I can build each other up in that love. So to start, just enjoy this message, and then please contact us with prayer requests, feedback, or anything else you'd like to discuss at fmfcpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from everyone interested in helping create a kingdom revival culture. I want to start today off... um, I have a word... That I believe God's kind of been burning in my heart. That this has nothing to do really with the message today. But um, for those of you that have children, grandchildren, uh, loved ones that are prodigals, that maybe have have wandered away, um, I want to encourage you. I believe the Lord said today, uh, for those of you that are that are are struggling or praying or, or you know, crying out to God for these people. Uh, two things. First of all, never give up. Alright? Always keep loving them. Always keep them in God's hands. Okay? Because you can trust God with them. And I'm going to read some scripture over us here in just a minute in Ephesians 1 uh, that has to do with the message, but also has to do with these um, these children and these grandchildren and loved ones that have, have wandered away for whatever reason. Um, I had a call while I was in Amarillo a couple Sundays ago from one of my best friends, and he had a daughter that had, they had been kind of separated for a while, had been communicating and, and kind of a similar situation, and he called me, and he was just, it was pretty late at night, and he just said, I just want to tell you, I just want to encourage you, um, my daughter called me, uh, and I think it was the day before, um, Not, I'm, and I'm going to mess most of this story up, but, <laughs> but the point of it you'll get. Uh, she had been dealing with really bad anxiety attacks. And so it was gotten so bad, she was driving somewhere and she called her dad. And they hadn't spoken in a long time and, and just began to share with him that he, she was struggling with these anxiety attacks. And, and he prayed with her and encouraged her and reminded her who she was in Christ. Um, and she went on. She was going down to meet with some other family members or something. I don't remember. But it got so bad, she ended up having to pull into an ER she went into the ER, and the ER doc treated her and talked with her, and when he got done, he says, Can I ask you a personal question? He says, Do you know Jesus Christ? And she said, Yes, I do. And, he's, and he began to tell her the same thing that her dad had just told her. And then down the road, and again, I don't remember all the details, ran into someone else, and they did the same thing. And when she got to where she was going, they did the same thing. And through that, their, their relationship was restored and her faith was brought back up and she was starting to overcome this fear that never came from God in the first place. And so I, I tell you that to encourage you, those of, the, of us that, that, that you have loved ones or, or friends that are, that we really have a burden for, don't give up. Now's the time to press in. Now's the time to trust God with them and keep loving them no matter what. Amen? <laughs> All right, good. So once in a while, God brings a message into my heart that I feel like is, is really crucial for the church. Um, this is one of those. But I want to start by reading some scripture to you. I want to go to Ephesians 1, starting in verse 3. But don't, turn, don't tune out. Let this word speak to you. Okay? Because God is declaring what He's done and who we are in this scripture. And so I'm reading this over us, and I'm reading that over our loved ones and over our, com- our communities and our nation right now, over our world, okay? So let this word seek in. In fact, Holy Spirit, we just ask you in Jesus' name to open hearts so that this word will wash over us. It'll remind us of who we are and encourage us and strengthen us in Jesus' name. All right, so here we go. Verse 3, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with how many spiritual blessings in Christ? Every. Every. Okay. You guys are weak. Come on. How many? All right. Get involved in this. Let this. How many spiritual blessings has he? Every. Okay. So get that picture. All the spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus are stored up for us. Okay. And they're not just stored up for some day down the road. He's releasing them as we need them. Okay So for he chose us, just pat yourself right here because he's talking about you. He chose us in Him, Jesus, before the creation of the world to be home holy, <laughs> not homely, holy and blameless in His sight. <clears throat> Let that sink in for a minute. He chose you, we just dedicated Edison to the Lord just now, but he was chosen before the beginning of time, just like you were, okay? To be holy and blameless in his sight. We become holy and blameless through Christ. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. He's talking about Jesus. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Now remember that, that he's poured out, Jay was just speaking to us, Pastor Jay was just speaking to us about those things that are holding us back, those chains, those have been forgiven. Well, they don't, we don't have to allow them to attach themselves anymore. Jesus has overcome those things, he's died for those things, and we can walk in freedom. It's a lie from the enemy, amen? We don't have to walk in bondage. Then he goes on. In him we have, um, where was that? Verse 7. In him we have the redemption of the blood, the forgiveness of his sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Everybody say God's grace. That's how we overcame, right? It's by his grace that we overcome the things of the world. We overcome the flesh. That he has lavished upon you. I want you to think about that word. He just lavished his grace upon us. He didn't just give us a little bit. He's pouring that out over us as we need it. And we need it all the time. Amen? Okay. With all wisdom and understanding, He made known to us. Now listen to this. This is really crucial. He made known to us the mystery of His will. So He's getting ready to explain one of the mysteries in the Bible. That in times past, people did not understand. This is our new revelation that's coming forth to the body of Christ as Paul is writing this. With all wisdom and understanding, made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times have reached their fulfillment. So here's the mystery right now. To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So in other words, Christ is coming back when when it's the right time, according to His timing. And what's He going to do is He's going to bring unity to everything and all of creation, in heaven and earth. It's all coming back into unity and into agreement with God. Somebody ought to say amen, okay? All of a sudden, snakes aren't going to bite us and kill us anymore. All of a sudden, you go, why did you create mosquitoes? You know, what are you thinking? All of these things are going to be redeemed, and they're going to come back into unity. And that's why Jesus is coming back, because he started this thing on earth. He wanted us to live in the garden, to live in relationship, in a perfect place with him. And man's sin ruined that, but Jesus is coming back to restore that. And he gave us his, he shed his blood so that we can walk in purity and power and love right now. Amen? So that's good news. But He is coming back. In Him we were also chosen. This is verse 11. Having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with His purpose of His will. In order that we, and He's talking about the, gen, uh, the Jews first. Uh, we who are first to put our hope in Christ might, for the, uh, might be for the praise of His glory. And you, now He's talking about us, were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth. I'm getting to the end of this, so stick with me. The gospel of your salvation. When you believe, now I, remember, I just gave you a word about those prodigals, okay? He's speaking that over them and he's speaking that over us today. When you believe, you are marked with a seal the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. To the praise of His glory. So we have all been marked with a seal. We have been marked with a guarantee of our redemption. And it doesn't matter if they're walking in rebellion right now. God can take care of that. And it doesn't matter when we get out of line with God. He can take care of that. Amen? Amen. All right. So, I'm going to kind of move away from that. But I'm going to come back to that statement about at the end about him coming back to bring unity so I want you to keep that in the back of your mind we are are definitely in a spiritual famine in this nation and in this world right now and according to Amos 8 it's a famine of hearing the words of the Lord and hearing the word of the Lord okay and that's why we're in this what we're seeing going on all around us this chaos that is going on around us is because people are not hearing God do you agree with that? okay, and that's, I'm not talking about the body, I'm not talking about the church, I'm talking about the world, it used to be when we grew up as children, our, our generation, everyone accepted that the Ten Commandments were good, everyone accepted the church was supposed to be a part of society, that has changed now, we've taken prayer out of school, the enemy is going after our children, that's why it's so important that we're praying over our kids, we're dedicating them into God's hands because he's trying to kill them, because they carry the hope, they're going to lead us into a revival. I really believe that. So this famine, if the problem is that people are not hearing the words of God, which is being spoken through us, and the word of God, which is his word, his spirit, uh, what is the answer for the church? Is to press in and to hear God right now. Is that right? Do you agree with that? And so we've got to be hearing God right now in a new level. We've got to be trusting God to speak to us in ways that maybe He's never spoken before, which is definitely what's been going on in my life. So I want to, I'm going to take a little journey with you, if you will. Two weeks ago, <clears throat> as some of you know, I went on a little spiritual retreat just a couple days. I left here right after church, and I went to Amarillo, and I just spent two days alone with God. And I recommend it, I highly recommend that you do this. Please, make it a priority. And it costs you to do it. But as I was leaving, that morning, that Sunday morning, the Lord gave me a word. And some of you have shared with me that it ministered to you as well. What He told me before I was getting ready to preach and and getting ready to leave and all this stuff, He said, no pressure. Which, you know, if you're in ministry sometimes... There's pressure, is that right, Jay? There's Wayne, when we're in we're in ministry, there is pressure that the world and the church and people try to put on us. And God says, Hey, you know what? This is my church, and I'll carry the weight of it. Amen. And so it was really an encouraging word. And so I got in my car after I'd had preached and I was headed to Amarillo and I'm always really excited because I know I'm going to hear from God. I'm gonna I don't turn the radio on. I drive that four and a half hour drive and and so I get in the car and I'm all excited and the first thing the Lord tells me no pressure and see I'm going I'm going on this retreat and in my mind that means I have to accomplish this and this and this and I had four things that I needed to bring to God that I needed to d- discuss with Him that were really important and. He said, just spend time with me. And that was what I wanted to do in the first place. So immediately I began to relax because when I get going, I I like to, you know get there ahead of everybody else, and, you know, I just get, I like to do things like that. So I'm, I'm coming into Moreno Valley, and, and I'm already starting to think about if I don't pass this car, I'm going to be behind him in Cimarron Canyon, and you know, and that's just the way I think. I pull into Eagle Nest, and I'm looking to see if there's cars coming. Can I get in front of them so they won't be in front of me? And, and the Lord just says to me, he says, hey, what if you just operate in my rhythm today? And the name of this message is is The Rhythm of God. And he goes, do you really believe, do you trust me that I will get you where you need to go, when you need to be there, exactly the way I want it to happen? I went, yes, I do, God. And he said, then relax and just flow in my rhythm. That was as I was driving uh, towards Eagle Nest. So... I'm having a great time, I get through the canyon, everything's cool, people, you know, when God's favor's resting on your cars, pull out of the way, and it's amazing. <laughs> and so I'm I'm driving through the canyon, I get to Cimarron, and there's a storm that's been forecasted, and it's going to be 50, 60 mile an hour winds out on the east, I already knew that. As I came through the canyon, it was gusty and stuff, but when I left Cimarron, headed towards Raton, I was in a crosswind that was Probably consistently 40 miles an hour. And all of us have driven in it, right? I mean, I've got a little pickup, and it's not, it's not a luxury truck by any means. It's a great little truck. But I'm, I'm gripping the wheel, you know, and it's blowing me around, and it's loud in the truck. And the Lord's told me something really interesting. He said, you're in a crosswind. He says, the wind, I want you to think of the wind as representing the Holy Spirit. And in Scripture, it always does, right? Or most times. All right, and he says anytime that my children are not going the same direction as my spirit, he goes, I have to tighten my grip on the steering wheel of your life. He says, I have to hold you steady because you are getting blown around. And that was happening in a big way, okay? And I'm, I'm thinking, that's an interesting thing. I hadn't really thought about that. And so, I'm driving on and I'm talking with the Lord and, and I get to Raton and take a quick break, grab some coffee and hit the road and head southeast. And as soon as I come out of Raton and the highway turns southeast, guess what? I go from a, a tremendous side wind to a tailwind. And as, mean, as soon as I turn, we've all been there, as soon as I turn and start facing the, and going with the wind, immediately it gets dead quiet in my truck. Immediately, I relax my hands, and it's like the truck is driving itself. I'm, using, I'm not hardly pushing on the gas, the wind is blowing hard, and it's a, it's a violent storm all around me, and I'm just cruising along. And I did that all the way to Clayton, to uh, Dalhart, or actually to Text Line. It's something about when you get to Text Line, you change direction, there's always a, a crossword there. But as I'm driving down this, this section of the road, And the Lord is beginning to speak to me about staying in the rhythm of God, staying in the flow of his spirit. And all of a sudden he goes, what do you notice? It's quiet. Okay, there's no turmoil. You're relaxed. Okay, you're not fighting the wheel. He goes, you're not using a lot of, you're not expending a lot of energy because the wind is pushing you along. And more than anything, I found myself resting as I drove. And I don't rest very often when I drive. And it wasn't a sleepy rest. It was a spiritual rest. And I was able to just relax and to hear God. But as I was going along, every once in a while, the road would turn. You know, there'd be a little... And all of a sudden, I would get just a little bit sideways. And all of a sudden, immediately, you start feeling that turbulence. You start hearing that noise. And the Lord said, it's so much for the body of Christ right now, it's so much, the key is which way you're facing, is are you facing me, are you being, are you moving in my spirit or are you getting, because see all I had to do was just turn this much and immediately I started getting blown around a little bit, not horribly, but at that point I had to start making Corrections. I had to start kind of gripping the wheel a little more. I had to, And I was looking for that turn that would bring me back into line with the wind. And the Lord says, that's what I want my body to be doing. The body of Christ, my children. Right now, it's a time when we need to be flowing in the spirit so that we can hear him. Because all of a sudden, the noise is gone. The distractions, the fighting, this thing is gone. And I'm just moving in his spirit. And it was a physical picture of something spiritually that was going on. Does that make sense to you? Amen. All right. So next thing he tells me is he goes, I want you to start looking at these course corrections. And so I'm going to take you through some scripture. There's a, this is just three or four little examples of course corrections when we can, we start getting outside of that flow of the Spirit and we start feeling that, that turbulence. We hear that starts getting noisier. When those things start to happen, God's saying, go to my word. Face me, get back on track with me, and no matter what's going on in your life, doesn't mean there's not going to be trials and, and, and hard times. We're all going through different things right now, but you can you can move in peace and you can hear me clearly when you're flowing with my spirit. Amen. All right, so we're going to James chapter four. I'm going to start in verse four. Now. We were studying this on Monday morning, by the way. I encourage you guys, if you haven't been coming, uh, we're kind of doing some different stuff. And I'm going to be showing you a little bit of what we're doing today in the Scripture. But we're just studying the Bible in a different way, okay? But if you haven't been there and haven't experienced that and you've got... Get up tomorrow morning, come have a great breakfast. We pray together, but we're, we're studying the word in a new way, and, and I'll show you a little bit more of that in a minute. But verse 4 says, you adulterous people. Does that mean all of us in the room are adulterous? No. What he's talking about is when we get off course, adultery is just when we're not being faithful to our, our husband, right? To our spouse. And so he's talking about when we start to, get, when we start to drift, all right? Here's what he's recommending. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So what's the distraction? The world. Okay? We start getting caught up in the world. How many of you were part of, what was it, a couple days ago, um, Friday or Thursday, when we lost all cell phone service and all internet? It was a weird thing. I mean, we are now connected in a, in a way that we've never been connected before, and all of a sudden, we have no connection. Okay, we can't, 911 isn't working. Okay, if you have a landline, you can call another landline, but you couldn't call a cell phone. And I, I mean, um, I think some you guys came over, and your phones are not even part of our phone system, wouldn't work. And so we are connected to the world in a lot of ways, and it's not always, not always bad. I mean, that night it was kind of nice to go home and sit, and we have internet TV, so we had no TV, we had no phone, we had nothing. And so I just sat down and started to read. It was quiet, peaceful. I wouldn't want to do that all the time, but it was, it was nice. <laughs> but we're connected to the world, and we're going to become more and more connected whether we want to or not, but we've got to be able to identify the difference, right, between who we are and, and the things that are surrounding us. Does that make sense to you? And so James is warning us: Hey, anytime you start let, getting And adultery is just what he's talking about. Is anytime we're starting to put anything in front of God. Doesn't matter if it doesn't matter what it is. That is adultery. That's when we're not being we're not keeping him first. Okay, so he goes on and he says. Um, Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the Spirit he caused to dwell in us? So in other words, the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, right? As a believer in Christ, if you've had a relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you and he's jealous for us, okay? But he goes on in verse 6 and he says, But he gives us more grace. Remember that we just read in Ephesians 1, he's lavishing his grace on us, right? So he's giving us more grace, but what, guess what? To receive that grace, what do I need to do? I need to turn back to him, right? I need to get my attention back to him. So James is encouraging us. He's telling us, man, when, you start, when we start noticing the turmoil, we start, the noise is getting louder. When we start getting out of that flow, we're getting sucked into to something. And one of these is, is the love of the world. We're getting caught up in the world. He goes on and says, um," but he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. Therefore, submit yourselves to God. uh, Excuse me, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will what? Okay? Okay. Come near to, to God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Again, He's not calling us sinners and double-minded. He's saying when we're getting caught up in these things, when those things are starting to draw us away, all of a sudden we need to change our attitude. We need to turn back. We need to, to repent <clears throat> Excuse me, and get back in line, get back in this flow. Verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Amen. All right, so let's go to another scripture. Let's go to Proverbs 3, Uh, one of my favorite scriptures, one of my 2,000 favorite scriptures in the Bible. Proverbs 3, now here's what I want to, we talked a little bit about this. The Bible, I want you to identify as I read this scripture, I want you to identify whether I'm reading a promise or a command, okay? So watch. Watch. Proverbs 3, verse 1, my son, do not forget my teaching. What is that? It's a command, right? Do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. Okay, then what is verse 2? For they will prolong, prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. It's a promise. Here's a command. Here's the promise that goes with it. Okay, so that's keeping us, it's keeping us in the flow Okay, he's saying if we'll keep his, his word in our heart, if we'll, if we'll allow these things to, to guide us, it keeps us moving. And he promises many years peace and prosperity. Who doesn't want that? Verse 3, this is the big one. Let love and faithfulness. Everybody say love and faithfulness. Okay, that's a big one. Think about it for just a minute. Just stop and say, what does love and faithfulness look like as a believer? Okay, he says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. In other words, get them close to you, right? Write them on the tablet of your heart. Is that a command or a promise? It's a command. Okay, he's giving us a command here. All right, here's the promise. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Let me tell you something. You want to be, feel like you're flowing in the move of the Spirit is when you have favor with God and with man. That means favor is that where God sends people around you to help you accomplish the call that he has for your life. And he's, he's in agreement with you. And Like James, we're not fighting against him. We're flowing with him. And how's, What's it start with? Never let what? Love and faithfulness. And where do we get our identity? From the Father, right? And our identity is we're created in love. And we have to remain faithful, right? So you see these, these little course corrections he gives. There's, like I said, there's a ton of them. Verse uh, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on all your understanding. In all your ways submit to Him. Command or promise? Command. Here's what he's saying. Trust in the Lord with what? Everything. We're just committing Edison into the Lord. James and A are now trusting God. And they did before, obviously. This is just a public act of it, though. It's a spiritual act. But we're trusting God. That means everything. I'm going to trust Him for everything. Don't lean on your understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him. That means I'm going to submit to your way, God, because your way is higher than my way. And He will make your paths straight. There's that picture of Flowing down the highway with the wind at your back. It's that smooth, easy going. It doesn't mean there aren't problems. It means that you can have peace. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. What is that? Command. I'm losing you guys. Come on. Command. Guess what it's going to bring. So don't be wise. That's prideful. Okay? Fear the Lord. Respect awe. Shun evil. And what does He promise you? This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. How many of us need health and nourishment right now? Amen? Then the last one, Trinity preached on this last week. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. Promise or command? Command. I want everybody to say command. command. Okay, you know why I want you to say that? Because not all of you believe that. See, first fruits... That's a that's a life that's a principle. It's not just money, although it is money. It's everything in our lives. The first fruits of everything that we do. If you get up in the morning, I look at when I get up in the morning, I give him that first part because I want him to bless the rest. But I don't want it just for the blessing. I want to be connected. It's everything that we do, the first fruits. If we give them to him, then guess what? He promises to bless us. And here's here's the promise. Honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Promises of God. Commands of God. What keeps us moving in the spirit is walking in the the boundaries of those commands and promises. I don't want to... I don't want to just listen to the promises and I don't want to just listen to the commands. I want to operate in both of those. Amen? Amen. All right. So, I want to do one last one, Galatians 5. And obviously there's a ton of different scriptures we could use. There's, You know, I just, the Lord highlighted these to me. But this one I think is really important. I want to go down, all of them are important. Verse 22. Verse 19, by the way, he's talking about The acts of the flesh. Okay? The flesh, when we're operating in the flesh, we got the crosswind, we're gripping the wheel, it's noisy, we can't hear, we're fighting. We're fighting against God because God doesn't honor the flesh. Okay? So He names those, we don't need to get into those right now. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, this is what grows out of living a life in the Spirit. This is what's produced. Okay? Is... Everybody say with me. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what flows and grows out of us when we're living in the Spirit. Amen? Amen. And against such things there is no law. In other words, we don't... This flows out of us. Remember, the law was all about us trying to produce these things. There's no law. We don't have to produce these things. All right, I better speed up. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Here's what I really wanted you to hear. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We're moving with the Spirit. Amen? All right. So, I want to share something that happened to me when I was in Amarillo. Um, I went on this retreat, and, and I went the first day. I got there Sunday night. Monday morning, I went out to Paladera Canyon. It's a big, massive canyon, you know, 120 miles long. I had never hiked down there, I'd kind of driven down to the play. And who knew that? <laughs> The river down there is about the size of Goose Creek. It's this little tiny thing in this massive canyon. I guess it floods a lot. Anyway, I had been seeking God, but I was just trying to spend time. I had issues that I needed to deal with, that I needed to hear from God. And he'd spoken to me, one of those, when I was driving out. But the next one, the one that was really a burden in laying our deal, as most of you are with family issues and, and things that are tough, and the Lord, in fact, everything that I had to talk to the Lord about, or I wanted to talk to Him about, the answer pretty much was the same, is you're going to have to give this back to me. And, and I had a, an intense time. Um, and it was an emotional time. I kept a Kleenex with tears in it and said, These belong to you. So somebody needs to hear that. That we can give him these burdens. Anyway, he the next thing he dealt with me the next day. But the last one was really hearing for the church was was God. What are we? Where are we going? What is? What do you want the church to know right now? Faith Mountain. And it's Wednesday night, and I wake up in the middle of the night, and and I'm telling you this has never happened except in this last season. I wake up, I look at the clock. It's a digital clock. And there's the numbers 332. And I'm like, oh man, just missed it. You know, 333, three is the number of perfection. And then you get three of them in a row and it's completion. And it's this powerful move. I'm like, oh man, I just missed it. So I kind of close my eyes for just a moment and I know it's 333. So I look at the clock and sure enough, it's 333. And I'm like, man, I just missed it. And the Lord says to me, and and it's sometimes, you know, God speaks to us and sometimes we just know things he's talking about. And he says, you're less than a minute away. He says, the church, Faith Mountain, this region right now is less than a minute away from 333. And what I just knew what he was talking about, he didn't tell me, but he was talking about unity in the body. Amen. And he was talking about a different kind of unity. Not just agreeing with each other. He was talking about a kind of unity where the power of God will fall and, and lives are gonna you will walk into a place and people will be healed. People are gonna be getting saved. People are gonna be set getting set free. Because when the body of Christ is functioning in unity, there is nothing that can stop it. Amen? And the and the word and the Lord is saying, he says you're less than a minute away. I don't know how long that is. I you know. God's time is not my time. But I know that it's really, really close. One of the things he told me that I felt, he didn't tell me, I felt this. I believe we're going to have to fight for that unity in this last little bit of time. But if we can start functioning, each and every one of us is flowing in the Spirit, the way that the Bible, Jesus was talking about, or Paul was talking about in Ephesians 1 the body, he's coming back to bring unity in a way we have never experienced. And I believe we're supposed to be operating in a unity we've never experienced before. Every great move of God, you will see the unity of the body of Christ happening first. There'll be prayer. There's things, there's every, steady history. And it happens every time. And we're on the verge of that breaking loose here and now. But what's going to happen is it's not going to be because I agree with everything that Carlos says or that that Bert and I agree on every issue. That's not the kind of unity he's talking about. He's talking about that I'm, he, I have this predestination, we read in, in Ephesians 1, this plan that God has planned for us from the beginning of time, when we begin to function and flow in that, and we every time we start to get outside of that flow of the Spirit, we feel that turbulence, we hear that noise, and we move back in, all of a sudden we're going to start flowing All of us together, and it's not going to be just Faith Mountain. It's not just going to be Village Church. It's going to be all around this region, and the body of Christ is going to start flowing in power, and lives are going to be changed. This nation is going to be changed. Amen? And it's happening not just here. It's happening all over the place. I'm hearing these kind of testimonies. I'm hearing pastors telling me the same thing. God is talking about there's a move of unity coming, and we're going to have to fight for it. Are you willing to fight? Because yes. we've got to be able to. And it's it's not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. And so this morning, I want to ask the intercessors, if you guys would come up. Just come on up. Uh, those guys that we were talking with this morning, and um, we probably have some in the back, Joy's back there, and... and James and A, and here's what what I felt like the Lord told me this morning. One of the way, one of the things that's holding some of us back from hearing God clearly is there's a thing called in the Bible that's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Which on, it, you're when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. But you have a choice. Each and every one of us has the option and the choice of saying, you know what, I want to give all of it to you. I want to be immersed. That's what the word baptized means, is to be immersed in your spirit so that everything that I do, I'm operating in your power, and I'm relinquishing all of my control to you because God will not take that control away from you. I'm I'm relinquishing choice to you. See, it's God right there. He's calling us right now. (laughs) And today is the day. And so, if you've never done that, if you've never received that baptism, that you've never told God, you know what I want you. I want you to take it all. I Proverbs three says, "If I trust you with all of my heart, with all of my understanding, that you will take my, you'll direct my path." So, if you've never received that, I want to. I want to invite you to be able to go. If you want to just pray together in unity with someone for a loved one. Okay, If you've got that prodigal or that loved one that that you want to agree together with, that God is pulling them and drawing them back into that call that he has on our lives, that's what they're here for. If you need prayer for healing, we're going to just have a time of prayer. So I'm opening the altar right now and see one of the things that's going to break this loose, this unity and this this move of God is us being willing to stand up to be bold. And not to allow fear to hold us back. Because I know some of you are going, I should go up there. But somebody's going to think there's something wrong with me. Well, you're perfect in Christ Jesus, but our flesh stinks and we need help we got things holding us back. We got loved ones that are that we're desperate for. So I'm going to open this altar and I'm going to ask you to come and let them pray and maybe it's the person next to you you need to pray with, but let's pray together today. Let's believe that this 332, we're on the verge of seeing 333 which means perfect unity, which means completion. And God is moving and stirring in us right now and we all have the option of flowing in the Spirit and experiencing peace in the midst of a, the most horrible storm you can imagine, which is what's taking place in our nation right now. So we're not just doing it for us. We're doing it for those that aren't hearing God right now. Amen? So I'm opening the, the altar, and I ask you, if you've never never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, doesn't mean you have to be weird or act weird. You're already weird. Get over it. <laughs> if you hang around me, you are anyway. <laughs> So, But let's pray for our loved ones. Let's believe for those prodigals. Let's believe for those neighbors and friends that we've been praying. God is saying today if we will come together in unity and pray together, he will begin to release his spirit. So Mindy is going to play. Father, we just agree together this morning in Jesus' name that your word is true and that you have a call and a destiny on each one of us. Father, we're praying that this is the day that we begin to flow in your spirit in a new level, a new, a fresh anointing. Uh, Pastor Wayne was talking about when Billy Graham died, that the prophets are saying there's a new level, a new anointing of evangelism, a new season of evangelism coming. Open our eyes to see that. But Father, we just give you glory right now. I pray that you'll just begin to give us dreams and visions. Speak to us in ways that you've never spoken before. And, Father, put those people in our paths that we can be a part of the answer to. Father, give us a heart for the lost and for those that are hurting. Father, we believe we're stepping into a new season. So I speak unity. I speak blessing over this body, over Faith Mountain, over Village Church, and the other churches in this region, Lord. And we just declare your goodness over us in Jesus' name. I love you guys. God bless you. We've got a bunch of intercessors that would love to pray with you, so come on up. Uh, have a great week. Thank you.